Welcome to another installment of Diary of Exvangelical. This is where we examine the issues with evangelical Christianity teachings from the eyes of a Catholic who went evangelical and back again. I'm Marie. I'm not a theologian nor a minister, and the viewpoints in this podcast are based on research and my own personal opinions. They are not to offend anybody, and I apologize if in advance if you are offended. And please keep in mind that just as evangelicals have the right to interpret, preach, and feel the way they do about their beliefs under the First Amendment, of the United States Constitution, I have the same right in talking. Now, season one, as I'm breaking this down the seasons, is going to be called Pop Goes the Culture. And the first episode of season one, which was last week, talked about the God's Not Dead franchise and about how it's basically simply an evangelical propaganda film. And right now, I'm going to talk about another interesting thing, and that is music. Now, music can be used as a propaganda tool, so that's why I'm going to talk about Christian music in this installment. So, please, bear with me. And as the English would say, don't get your knickers in a twist. (laughs) Thank you to all my English friends for that expression. Okay, so... Christian music, it's rather meh. I mean, old hymns of the Catholic Church, I absolutely love them. Christian music that has like an acoustic accompaniment, that's okay. But what I cannot stand is how evangelical Christianity pushes like a twist on secular music worship teams, and the ever-so-popular K-Love. And, yes, this all sucks. So, first, let's talk worship teams. For the record, I hate that expression. When you think of a team, don't you think of sports? Because I do. I mean, if somebody says to me about watching a team perform, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go hang out at my friend's house and watch the Eagles, or I'm going up to the high school and watching the basketball game. I mean, seriously, the last thing I am thinking of is a band playing music. And, you know, just don't call them a worship team, because it makes it seem stupid. Call them what they are. A church house band. And, you know, they're also highly sexist, highly, highly image shaming, if you will, because I know most of the ones that I've been around have been more men, and the few women that have been in these have always been like the attractive types that are very thin, very much model-like. And, you know, the one worship team that stands out, it's from my 
the evangelical church I went to, they had it where it was mostly men. They would have one one woman who always got pregnant almost every damn year, <laughs> but she was always thin, pregnant or not, which made me want to vomit. She did, and she could not sing worth worth shit. I mean, she sang through her nose, which was very, very nasal. I actually wanted to get up and scream, honey, diaphragm, use it. Because I took vocal music in high school, and if you sounded nasally when you were singing, the choir director, who was also the vocal music teacher, would scream at you. So, yeah. There was one girl on this team that she was she had wide hips she was kind of average she played guitar but they didn't use her too much and she was always more towards the back of the room so yeah that kind of bothered me um it was also predominantly white which was insane because the pastor always talked about this so-called racial and cultural diversity but I always saw more white people in things like the worship team, doing announcements, the prayers. I mean, they had a they had a couple black kids from from the Christian University that came in to do things which I absolutely loved. But a lot of times I felt like they were trying to make it look like they were were diverse when the reality was they were not very diverse. And for the record, if you saw me, you would notice that I do look, look white, but I am mixed race. I do have Native American on both sides of my family. I also have Irish and French Canadian, so there you go. Now, yeah, that's, but yeah, that's why I hate, 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 hate worship teams. And, you know, I also hate the fact that they would have it, at least the worship team at my old evangelical church would have it where, the people would would be singing and every instrument would be how can i describe this i don't want to say electric because classical guitars can be plugged into an amplifier it was more rock and roll type instruments i mean we're talking like electric guitar synthesizer drums all hooked to amplifiers and they would have it so loud that it it would just you could hear this damn music from outside the building which i get it shout a joyful noise unto the lord they say but to me that was shouting too much and i kept thinking this is a church, not the Fillmore. And you guys are not Matchbox 20. I am sorry. <laughs>
I mean, truth is, I would probably be more partial to a choir because that's more traditional or like the non-denominational church I've been going to for the last 18 months. They have been more where like they'll have like one, maybe two people singing and very limited instruments. Usually it's the person who is singing will be playing a classical guitar, which I absolutely love in ways of this because it just seems so just seems so natural, so realistic where you know the so-called worship team's approach seems more like you're just trying to get rock bands rock band wannabes in there, so yeah. And you know, also Christian music itself. And that's a problem with me because you know, I guess I'm more used to like the old school hymns because you know, growing up I remember going to mass with my grandmother and you know, there would be a choir. Of course the choir would be in a like a balcony area and you know you'd hear the organ and you would hear this you'd hear them like singing these gorgeous gorgeous hymns i actually went to a catholic funeral recently and they had a cantor who sang this amazing version of ave maria and that's kind of what i would think of and you know like i said the non-denominational church I went to, they lean more towards a combination of modern music, modern Christian music, and traditional hymns, but always with an unplugged kind of feel to it, which to me kind of makes it seem more real and more authentic to Christianity and to church in general. Um, but yeah, evangelicals have this insistence on making their music seem more top 40. I mean, I I swear, sometimes I listen, I've listened to their music because thanks to some friends in evangelical Christianity, and I was like, you know what, you change the lyrics around a little bit, and you may have something you would hear like on a top 40 station which you know like here in the Philly area it would be something like B101 or 95.7 Ben FM and you know that to me could be a little misleading if you will like I remember my mom she once had the CD she got from a pastor and it took it took like some adult alternative songs that I knew from college and it turned them into Christian parodies, basically. And to me, they were parodies. My mom kept saying, no, they're not parodies. But to me, they were fucking parodies. And I actually got to the point where I would listen to it and I forgot the exact words to this one, you know, the version by this group. But it was um, to the tune of that, of that song, Story of a Girl. 
I'm trying to think. And, you know, it's a song called Story of a Girl. You know, this is the story of a girl. It's nine days. I just looked it up. Um, and I actually went and, instead of singing the the version that was on that CD, which my mom was singing, I went, this is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned her whole world. And my mom hated it when I did that. But she learned her lesson quickly. Don't play this shit around me. And I might explain why she always had, like, a Lifehouse or a Matchbox 20 CD in her car. So, yeah. And just so you know, the closest that I ever got to Christian music is actually a band that doesn't even classify themselves as a Christian band. It's called The Fray. They have this really great song called You Found Me, which I got to admit what is one of my favorite songs. And, you know, if you look at the lyrics, some of it talks about, some of it could probably be translated as Finding God. Because there's like that one in the beginning, I found God on the corner of First and Amistad. So, yeah. But the Fray does not classify themselves as a Christian band. Just so you know. And there are so many different sub-genres now with Christian music. And some of them, I'm like, why? Okay, Christian country music, I can understand. I mean, listen to some mainstream Christian music, and you hear some stuff about Jesus. I mean, there was that one song, Jesus Take the Wheel. Dolly Parton also did some stuff that was very, very Christian-sounding in her career. Kenny Rogers did a album of Christian music. So, yeah. I could understand that. Um, but, like, Christian rap. Christian punk rock, Christian heavy metal, Christian ska, Christian electronic dance music. Now, that one baffles me because have you ever been to a party with evangelicals? They don't dance. Trust me. And if they do, it's awful. Trust me. And, you know, they have critics in the Christian community that say that these subgenres are basically disguising the satanic undertones of music. Um, I doubt that because of one reason. I keep thinking to myself, you are basically trying too hard to get your message out and you're doing a deception type thing where you're like, you know, the people are like, oh, this sounds good, this sounds good. And then they find out it's Christian music and they're like, oh, shit. Trust me, I was kind of deceived a few times by that. So, yeah. And, you know, you know, I, I'm one of those types where I'm like, you know what? Don't play K-Love around me or I will want to take a bullet to the radio. Seriously. I will. I'll take a sledgehammer to the radio. And yes, kids, that brings us to our next one. K-Love. So what exactly is K-Love? K-Love is a Christian radio network that was started with one station in the early 1980s. And it was started by the Christian Life 
First Life Center, First Assembly of God in Santa Rosa, California. Try saying that three times fast. There were some financial issues. It changed hands a few times. And, you know, changed hands, some expansions. By the 90s or so, it became what we now know as the K-Love Radio Network. And they have different stations all throughout the United States. They'll play Christian music. They'll have radio shows that are hosted by preachers. Evangelical, and evangelical celebrities will host things. I know Kansas Cameron, who, you know, my generation remembers her as DJ Tanner from Full House. But, you know, her and her brother turned into, turned into some evangelical weirdos. And, you know, she hosted a big event for K-Love. It, I know a couple of the Duck Dynasty people did. And, you know, basically, if you don't watch the Hallmark, Hallmark Channel, you won't even know who the hell these people are. And they also have things where they, where they have prayer requests and they've intervened in suicide attempts. And that is what ticks me off about K-Love. That last part about how people will call into K-Love and ask them to pray for them because they're about to take their own life. Um, okay, I'm all for that, but not really. God put mental health people on this planet for a reason, guys, and girls, and everyone in between. And if you're having a suicide problem, May I suggest looking up the number for whatever suicide prevention line there is in your area than calling K-Love? Because I'm going to talk about this in a future season. But to me, that kind of stuff, it really undermines mental health. And it makes it harder for people that actually need the help because of the social stigmas and also it just makes it look like looks like it's a pray away the whatever thing and you know I have depression and anxiety and I will tell you right now I've prayed for it and I'm not cured so yeah stop doing that I actually listened to Caleb once, and I, and it was it was um someone from my old church. I was in the car with her kids. Her kids actually wanted to listen to it, and I sat there and I was like, "Shoot me, please!" I couldn't get out of that car quick enough. I just couldn't because to me it was like it was like the biggest propaganda ever, and. Yeah. And before anybody says anything, Catholics do have like a radio thing. But from my research, a lot of times Catholic radio is on the AM dial. So you're not really going to hear it too much because AM, it's, you know, it's kind of difference between AM and FM. And I know this because I was a communications major is that 
FM is a much stronger transmitter, which basically means, like, you can, you could turn an FM station on. Like, let me give a good example of one. Um, like, I live, like I said, I live near Philadelphia. I could turn on 95.7, which is an FM radio station, and I can drive across the river into New Jersey, and I could probably get that station about, I'm going to say, I'd probably be maybe half hour, 45 minutes out of, out of southeastern Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area before I start losing it. AM, it's a much smaller transmitter. So like, I could listen to um, 1060, which is a, which is actually a news station on the AM dial. And I could lose that very quickly. Like if I go maybe maybe a town over or whatever, it gets very spotty. So, yeah. It's crazy. And, you know, to me, it's just all propaganda. So, evangelicals, do yourself a favor. Stop acting like your church is the TLA. And for those of you that don't know, TLA is a is um, a popular music venue in Philadelphia. A lot of a lot of bands got their start there. You know, stop acting like your worship team is a team because they're really a house band. And trust me, they are not Lifehouse. I mean, I've listened to Lifehouse. They are not. K Love is radio propaganda. So, yeah, yeah. Um. This is why I always had earbuds with me every time I was at my old church and was subjected to being around a bunch of bunch of people for a while. You know, I just put them in, end up listening to like the Ben FM live stream or something. And you know, they play anything you feel they feel like, but they don't want to play casting crowns. And also, while we're on that. What is with the names of these of these groups? I mean, Casting Crowns, Newsboys, Abandon. Um, to me, it sounds like they're trying to be like the next Matchbox 20 or Three Doors Down or Third Eye Blind, trying to attract that audience. And to be honest with you, I don't know that many people that would want to listen to like Three Doors Down, and then Casting Crowns. I mean, I know I sure wouldn't. And by the way, I've heard Casting Crowns. And they're basically a wannabe version of, like, of, like, Matchbox 20. And it ain't working. So, give it up. Go back to the hymns, guys. I mean, it's more simplistic. It's more, it's more intimate. You know, don't use the, don't use those, don't use the instruments that overpower the damn room. Go back to your basics. So that is today's podcast. And, you know, 
as always, I will be doing these podcasts probably probably weekly or every other week. I haven't figured it out yet. And this has been season one, episode three, which I have, I mean, season one, episode two, my bad, which I have built the problem with Kayla of Christian music and worship teams. And I am going to be working on the next episode where, I don't know, I think I'll probably talk more about music in this one, you know, and in this next episode. So that's the show. It's produced by me and my podcast host is Anchor. So log, you know, log on to anchor.fm to find out how you can host your own podcast. I'm also pleased to announce that I am listed on Google Podcasts. So you know, go on Google Podcasts and search for Diary of an Exvangelical. And, you know, in Exvangelical, the E and the X are both capitalized, just so you know. And I also post links to my podcasts on Twitter. It's at Exvangelical267. And until then, this is Marie. Peace be with you.